Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You can text us on the Edgar Snyder and Associates fan text line. It's 412-928-9370. Edgar Snyder and Associates reminding you to text responsibly. I'm Chris Mack of the Fan Morning Show. Live from PNC Park, we're out in the Jim Beam Left Field Lounge for Pirates Fest 2020 and sitting down with Pirates first baseman Josh Bell for just a couple of minutes. How you doing, Josh? Not bad. Can't complain. How are you We're great. Thanks for giving us a couple of minutes. You've been all over the place the yeah. last few days. Yeah. Caravan, uh, uh, Pirates Fest here today, uh, and it's uh, it's been something to see. You know, we... I think we expected it when we saw you coming up through the system, but I, I don't think it really starts to take hold in fans' minds until they see a breakout year like last year, uh, and then they start to see somebody really out in front as a, as a leader of the organization and a leader within the community. But you become the face of the franchise, more or less, uh, or one of the faces of the franchise over the past year and a half. And uh, it's been something to see, again, sort of the, the cherry on top to that, the breakout season last year in particular, I think of May when you were just smashing baseballs mm-hmm. all over the place. What's yeah. it been like uh, to, to sort of, I don't want to say fulfill promise, because there's still so much more to do. I know your expectations are high. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to sort of uh, to, to, to feel yourself fill that role over the yeah. last year or so. Yeah, um, you know, like you were saying, I always had success in the minor leagues. Um, you know, there were times where I hit, you know, 395, 385 across a month, and I drove in a ton of runs. But uh, just to do it at this level and to you know, hit 12 or whatever homers it was across that month, uh, it was it was nuts, you know. I never really expected anything like that, but uh, it's cool to just have the support from the fans, um, you know, during the entire journey, good and bad. Um, you know, I was good my first year, I was bad my second year, and then last year there were stretches where, you know, I, I felt like I, I couldn't miss. Um, so it's exciting going into 2020 knowing I'm going to have the support and, we can, you know, start over from, from game one. Did it make it more difficult or perhaps less difficult to deal with the struggles later in the season, well, what, what you went through, the success you had Yeah, early I mean, the year? it was tough just because we were losing games. Um, you know, it was one of those scenarios where, uh, you know, we lost Dickerson, we lost Polanco, and it just felt like we are missing that other power threat. Um, but, you know, it's, it is what it is. It was, it was tough. It was a tough stretch. It was a good learning experience. I, I felt like I was able to grow from and I, I came out of it towards the end of the season and ended up getting hurt but uh, I'm excited for this year and I'm excited for, for Polanco coming back and coming back strong Should we buy into the hype about the home run derby affecting people in the second half no. of the season? No, yeah, I mean it was tough but I mean I was hitting maybe 214 in June before I, I had clipped a couple of balls so there was that stretch where I, I didn't hit a homer for however many weeks it was but I think that my timing was kind of on the fritz because uh I wasn't really focused on, you know, what was making me good that first half, that first right. couple of months, and I started focusing more on pitches and how guys were throwing me and who was going to pitch to me and who wasn't going to pitch to me at that point in time and just trying to go out of the strike zone to get barrels in certain scenarios. And it, it worked for, you know, certain games, but it got so bad at, at certain points, guys weren't throwing to me at all, and I was still trying to guess pitches and, and swing at them, and things went downhill. But learning experience and, you know, 
can just grow from it. I want you to know that if you go back again this year, next year, whenever it may be, mm-hmm. I'm once again going to lead the campaign and lead the charge for your dad to pitch to you. <laughs> just <laughs> so we can see you do that jacked standing on the mound you in know, an all-star you game. You guys don't want to see that at all. <laughs> but, you know, this year's in L.A., so, you know, I'm excited for it. Hopefully it happens. That would be great. Uh, Josh Bell with us here, live from Pirates Fest on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Uh, you mentioned looking forward to having Gregory back. Right. Um, have you have you seen or talked to him much this off season? And um, I, I don't know. You've never had a major shoulder injury, from no. what I know. So, but how difficult uh, just watching him go through the process of trying to come back from that? Um, how how difficult has it been for him? And do you think he can get back to what he was for this club? Yeah, I mean, I, I felt like it, he was just kind of rushed back. Um, you know, I remember when he first had that surgery, they said like 12 to 15 months, but he's such a, like a stud. He's such a, a savage that he came back early. You know, he was getting through pain. He was, you know, throwing around it and still hitting homers all in spring training. He was hitting homers during the season. Like he was playing really well. It was just bothering him, and it, it got to a point to – they just had to shut him down, but you know now that it's two going on two years out of surgery, he's fine. I, you know, I've seen him throw. I've been talking to him, and he's getting the recovery that he needs. You know he'll throw hard and not be tight the next day, which was okay. the problem that he had last year. So you know he's ready to go, and I'm excited to have him back. If it got to a point, and I've heard this theory posed by other people, including some of my colleagues, if it got to a point where he couldn't make the throws that he used to make from right field, um, I've heard people pose the idea of swapping you guys traditionally. I've heard that too, yeah. Um, Is that something you would entertain? I've also heard people, and this was something that I I heard Clint talk about and Neil talk about a lot before they left, uh, that they were that you were so invested in the and you really were. I saw you out there every afternoon working on first base. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you were so invested in first base that they didn't. They felt like it would almost be an imposition to move you back to right field if it ever came to that. Yeah, I, I'm to the point now where I'm like, if you put me in a big league lineup, I'm gonna play wherever you want me to play. I'm not. I don't have the you know any clout to say no. I'm, I'm not gonna play there. Um, so whatever you know, Shelton decides to do whatever Sherrington wants. You know. I'm there for it. Um, you know, it would just take me getting back into the routine of taking fly balls again and going down that road. But, uh, you know, whatever, you know, if I'm out there, if I'm hitting fourth, you know, I'm happy. You know? Shortstop? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, pitcher, a closer. Like, right, yeah, yeah. anything. Uh, let, well, hold on. Let's, let's advance that thought then because there's a real possibility that the DH will come to the National League in the next few years. Right. Um, is that something you, you would embrace? I mean, you've embraced it on the road in American right. Parks. Mm-hmm. Would you embrace not a full-time DH role, but, you know, 100 games as a DH and maybe only 50 games in the field? Or are you one of those people that says, you know, I've, I've heard people say, uh, well, no, no, I, I, want, I want time in the field. Does that, or, or do you look at it and say, no, it's just more opportunity to work on the craft of hitting? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of up to whatever they plan out for me. I, I, I think that, you know, I've put a lot of work in, especially this off season, about understanding, like, the sequence of the throw. And hopefully, you know, there's not going to be a question mark at me, you know, playing first base this year. So as I get better and am able to make more and more plays, I think it's going to be more fun, uh, especially for the fans to watch me over there. So I don't know, um, you know, how it's going to play out. I know that it's probably coming, like you said, here in a couple of years. But, uh, you know, it's... This time last year, I wasn't thinking about whether or not I was going to, you know, be DHing or playing right. first base or playing outfield. I was just focusing on hopefully being out on the field because I was coming off 12 homers, you know, hitting, you know, 260 and not being a, a power corner infield threat. So, uh, you know, this this season, I'm just focusing on trying to repeat, you know, trying to do damage and, you know, wherever I can play, I'll, I'll be happy. 
Josh Bell with us, Pirates first baseman here on 93.7 The Fan. Chris Mack of the Fan Morning Show broadcasting live from Pirates Fest at PNC Park. So are you guys as, I don't want to say impatient, because that's not the right word, and you've got good friends that are in the clubhouse with you, and any more upheaval or change might lead to some of them leaving. But as fans, we're very anxious to see what direction Ben wants to take this thing. Um, and understanding that also he's only like two months into the job and he's right. got to figure out everything that's going on in the organization. Uh, but when you guys come in to a situation where you've got new management, uh, do you look at it and say, all right, man, just let us know. What, what are we doing here? What's the thrust? Are we going to bring new guys in? Are, we gonna, are you going to upset the apple cart? Or are we going to strip down to the studs? Is it just going to be me and a couple other guys I recognize in the clubhouse? Do you get anxious for that direction to be provided, or do you just kind of take a step back and say, hey, it's just my job to be ready? Yeah, um, first and foremost, just to be ready myself. I, I know that the guys as a, as a whole have always had this text train going, um, so... It's always just been like we're excited for the atmosphere change. We're excited for, you know, new people coming in, setting the standards in spring training, and, you know, just a new, refreshing way to look at the game and to learn the game again because um, things got stagnant there for a little bit, so we're excited for that change. And, you know, anything else aside from that in regards to, like, trades or, like, who we're going to pick up, who we're going to sign, like, we were two and a half games out of first place going into the All-Star break last year. You know, we have the best offense on paper and all the National League going in the All-Star game last year. So, you know, that was, you know, as Polanco was getting hurt and as, you know, Corey was getting ready to, you know, be let go. Um, so, you know, if we get him back, if Polanco's full form, um, I think we're right where we want to be in regards to where we're going to be in the division next year. Um, so I'm excited for it. What what led to it? Was it just underperformance by a number of guys in the second half? Was the atmosphere in the clubhouse as rough as some people made it sound, you know, with Kyle getting into it with people or, you know, with, with Keone, whatever happened with him and Clint? Was it was it tough some days in the clubhouse? No, I, I think it was just uh, frustration. Uh, I think that losing games at that clip, being so close to everything that you wanted to work for in the off season, and kind of, you know, feeling it kind of, fall, you know, in between your hands, uh, a lot of finger pointing, you know, it's not taking ownership. I know that, you know, I was struggling. I was terrible for that stretch, and I felt it every last game. The frustration boiled over. You know, I didn't have any instances with me against teammates, but I was ticked off at myself, um, and, and that happens. I mean, we're playing every day. Um, we play for six months straight. Um, we play through spring training. We're close to 200 games a year, and it gets to a point to where, well, it boils down to it. We're just trying to win, you know. I guarantee you if we're winning at the same clip that we're losing, if we won however many games in a row, 11, you know, and then we, I want to say we lost seven at a, a time period too. If we if we win, go on winning streaks like that, those fights don't happen. You know what I'm saying? Like the atmosphere changes. We're excited to show up to the ballpark every day. Um, so, you know, hopefully that happens for us this year. Hopefully we go on like extreme tears. We're like a force to be reckoned with across the league. And, you know, it's just going to be a different narrative. How do you get away when it when it becomes that kind of atmosphere and everybody's down on themselves and maybe there's some sniping? How do you get away from it at the end of the year? Like, was it a relief to be honest to, to walk away from things at the end of the year and be like, you know what, I, I was I I just disappointed myself and my teammates, the whole thing. Did you did it feel good to kind of walk away for for a few weeks? Yeah, in baseball? I, I think that I mean, especially I was here for a couple months in Pittsburgh, just being able to unplug and, like, enjoy the city away from the game, like, enjoy restaurants that are normally closed at 10 (laughs) o'clock, enjoy restaurants that are normally closed on Mondays, which is, like, our main off day. Like, I was able to, like, unwind, enjoy the city, 
not think about baseball. And everybody, I felt like, escaped to their hometown and was able to unplug because, like, like you were saying, things got so bad for so long. Did you feel like you got a better sense of where fans were in their headspace just being around town for those couple of months that you stayed after the end of the season? Um, I mean, I don't know. I just remember the fans at the end of the year. Um, they were they were definitely frustrated. Um, you know, we weren't we were limping to the finish line. A lot of guys got hurt at the end of the year, and it, it just seemed like they kind of given up at, at certain clips. But I also remember, you know, watching the postseason you know I, I remember you know when Kutch came back um and listening to the the stands like erupt for however it felt like an hour it was like right. probably five or six minutes but uh you know I'm, I'm excited for the new narrative that can come with the changes the the new narrative that's going to come with you know guys like Reynolds going off again this year like it's going to happen Newman's going to hit 300 Reynolds is going to hit 300 um Polanco I think is going to hit 30 40 home runs and it's just going to be fun baseball here again have you talked to Andrew about I guess as I mentioned at the beginning of our talk you know you've kind of grown into one of those faces of the franchise and everybody knows Andrew was the face of the franchise for the better part of a decade have you talked to him at all about sort of embracing that role and what it means to maybe stay in the city for a couple of months after the season no but I watched what he did you know we we all learn from example probably the best in this game We, we watch guys that we look up to and kind of learn how he went about things and yeah he was just a class act I mean he still is he still comes back and he still gives back so you know it was, it was one of those opportunities my girlfriend's here and uh you know I had to get healthy with my groin injury so I, I stayed here and fell in love with the kettlebell swing I had one of the top instructors in the nation just happens to you know live here about 15 minutes away from the stadium so we made it work you know four days a week and you know I find myself getting healthier and healthier and Swings getting stronger and stronger, and I'm starting to understand you know, the defensive side of the game too. So, just the best case scenario, and you know, just learn from guys like that, guys like you know Jay Hay, guys like Mercer that I look back on, and I was like, those guys are class acts. They do it the right way. They can do no wrong. So, take notes and, and live by it. What have you learned, or I guess what have you been most surprised about in regards to the city since you've become not a full-time resident, but more of a you know spending time here during the fall and the winter? Yeah, I mean, I am from. Texas, so like I, I'm not used to like a, a long fall. It was like the longest fall that I've ever experienced. Like the color change of the leaves, um, and like I said, just checking out different restaurants. Like I finally got to Ala Familia. Like I tried out Apteca because I'm on like somewhat of a vegan kick right now. So I'm checking out like. I'm glad you said that because I want to ask you yeah, about that. But like go ahead. Different restaurants and uh, yeah, just enjoying. You know, watching. I was watching Penguins games. I was kind of following it at, mm-hmm. at a certain clip and. You know, I was just as frustrated as the rest of, you know, Pittsburgh was when Crosby goes down. I'm like, no, that's like the one guy yeah. that, like, <laughs> I've been watching since I got drafted. You know, like, that can't happen. But, you know, I was, I was frustrated, like, with everyone. I felt that. You know, I felt that at the games, you know, seeing all the Crosby jerseys. And I was like, you know, that's probably how the fans felt last year when I went down. Like, you know, you go to the, the stadium and you want to see me play. So that's what, you know, was the fuel on the fire for me working out and trying to get healthy. All right, what's this fake meat stuff, this seitan or whatever it's called? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, Is that how you say it? Yeah, seitan. Um, it's like wheat flour? Yeah, honestly, you should try it. I mean, our chef, T- Tony, is incredible. Okay. Um he it's not make, like tofu-ish, though, is it? No, it, like, honestly, my dog was throwing down on it, like, begging <laughs> for more, like, whining if I brought it home and didn't give it to him. Like, he uh, he can't tell the difference. I couldn't tell the difference. Really? He couldn't tell the difference. If we had, like, a line of, you know, impossible burgers that Tony makes, like, he did, like, enchiladas. Like, 
in, in my mind, I feel like fake meat is not vegetables, and, like, I can't, like, just dive into, like, you know, cheeseburgers three times a day. Right. Like, no, it's, like, it's about eating healthily, and that's what I'm trying to dive in. I'm, like, really ramped back. I haven't had Impossible Meats in, like, three or four weeks now. I think I'm done with that. Um, but that was, like, exactly what I needed to, like, make that turnover and, like, realize that my body's just healthier um, if I'm eating a ton of vegetables and not, like, loading it in with, uh, like, different hormones for meats and stuff like okay. that. Well, Josh Bell is uh, reloading nutritionally, reloading the bats for 2020, and uh, is insistent that Gregory Polanco is going to go off in 2020. I'm so, so excited for it. Uh, that would be something. If we if you get him, that, that'll help what you're seeing, definitely having him hitting in front of you, if that's the way it works out as well. Hit in front or behind. Or behind, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. That's, uh, that's up to Shelton. That's not my job. No. All right. Well, before I get you in trouble, we'll let you run. Josh Bell, Pirates first baseman with us here, live from Pirates Fest at PNC Park. We'll catch up with Brownie. Greg Brown, the voice of the Pirates, in just a couple of moments here as well. Chris Mack of the Fan Morning Show, live from Pirates Fest 2020 on 93.7 The Fan. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Josh. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.